welcome to another episode of Open Us. This is the podcast about openness to new experiences. I'm Professor T, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Dr. Toomey. How are you doing this evening, Toomey? I am very good this evening, Professor T. How are you? I'm also very good, and thanks for asking. Uh, This is our second episode of the new year, and we'd actually like to thank all of the listeners who uh, downloaded Vegan for a Week our most successful episode since episode one so a lot of you seem to enjoy that one so thanks for participating in it those of you who did and thanks for just supporting it and listening to that episode because it did very well for us so thank you correct right um so we discussed briefly at the end of vegan for a week that we were going to go on a hop on hop off dublin bus tour but before we get to that um a couple of things came up in our lives recently and Seeing as we have this platform to discuss things that come up in our lives, let's discuss a couple of things that came up in our lives recently. I think it sounds like a good idea to discuss things that came up in our lives recently. Using this platform? Using this platform. Okay, Uh, so you wanted to talk about uh, a topic there. Uh, Why don't you launch straight into it? It's only going to be a couple of minutes, uh, but let's go straight into that. Piss politics, Professor T. What? (laughs) Piss politics. What are piss politics? So I got the bus in to do the hop on, half off bus tour, as you do. Got the bus to get on the bus. And I real- I landed at O'Connell Street and uh, you were off flutting around, printing out tickets. And I realized I needed to do a piss. And I thought I'm not going to get on the, the hop on, hop off bus tour for two and a half hours without going for a good piss. So I haven't really pissed in town in a long time. And I thought to myself, you know, where's where's my go to place for a piss, I go to McDonald's. So uh, McDonald's, yeah, okay, yeah, it was low stress. Choice. Yeah, I thought low stress. You usually, when I went in years ago, you just you just go in and you go for your piss, and, and nobody cares. But it, it, I went in, <clears throat> and I was alarmed straight away that there was a security guard guarding the stairs up to the toilets. So, and then I saw behind him on a on a wall, uh, restrooms are for. Uh, I don't know what it said, patrons or customers patrons only. Yeah. <laughs> customers only. And okay. uh, so, not patrons. Um, so I was a bit flustered. Um, I, I initially thought I'd push past the security guard nonchalantly <laughs> and go for a piss. That but would then, make his whole job redundant to me. Yeah, but I, I didn't know that at the time. I just thought he was sort of hanging around menacingly on the stairs, guarding the stairs. But I didn't know. I, I, I wasn't sure if he was guarding it to stop people going to the toilet. Guarding so, it from you. Guarding it from me, yes. But he, I certainly felt his, his threatening presence as I entered the uh, McDonald's and I glanced over to my route up to the toilet. Um, so, <laughs> so what I decided to do was I would go up and pretend to order something in McDonald's. Um, so I went over to, uh, to uh, the queue and I started looking up and I thought to myself, maybe I'll get one of those hamburger things for a euro or something. But the queue was too big. So I turned around, I changed course and I said, right, I'm going to chance my arm for this. So I went over and I tried to walk past the, the security guard and immediately he looked at me in a, in a threatening manner and he said, uh, you need to show me your receipt. Only people who go to the, the only people who can go to the toilet. Sorry, you didn't say that, obviously. <laughs> only people who can go to the toilet get a receipt. <laughs> no, I've obviously messed up the punchline there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a punchline. Hey, he no. just, <laughs> he just, facts. it's just facts, a factual uh, recounting of what happened. Uh, so he, he said, show me your receipt. Only customers with a receipt can go up to, to use the toilet. Good stuff. And I, and, uh, 
I was shocked at that. That first of all, um, <laughs> they'd look for proof. <laughs> proof of purchase. You have to have proof before you go to the toilet. That it, like he didn't ask, have you bought food, or are you a customer, or are you you're going to be eating here. It was just like, show me your receipt. So I was a bit bit perturbed by that, to be honest. I was a bit put out, put off by that. And then I I did the all I'll do the Irish charm. Uh, <laughs> so oh <I> no! <laughs> so I said to myself, I said to him, I said, uh, uh, sure, I, I, a little smile, <laughs> the winking elbow language of delight. I said to him, flirted with him. I gotta go up to the the toilet first, and then I'm gonna get my meal after that. <laughs> and then he goes, "No, no, you need a receipt." And then, uncharacteristic for me, I went bullshit. <laughs> I threw up my arms and went bullshit, and I left the, left my channels. Jesus. And uh, that's unlike me. I'm usually very polite to people, and I felt you bad afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> the only other time I remember in recent history being impolite was when your vegan food took over an hour or two arrived. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it's a pain in the hole sometimes when you have to go um, for a piss when you're in town because you do get met with security guards and it's always the stairs. There's always the stairs to navigate, the gauntlet of the stairs. Um, yeah, and they they do. I've noticed in recent years I would have been in town probably more than you, but there's always somebody guarding that stairs. And unless you can slip by them, like you nearly need somebody to cause a diversion or something uh, so you can slip by them. But yeah, it's it's tough out there. You need to drop something, knock over someone's <laughs> meal, distract the security guard and then dodge you around them. But yeah, that was that was just a little anecdote. I think it's it's di- more difficult though to get a free piss in town these days. Uh, you have to buy something that's about a euro, or you have to have an intricate knowledge of all the hotels around town, as somebody who's listening to this uh, does, uh, and he might recognise who I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, somebody who might have compiled a list. So um, since we did the whole vegan thing, I've been eating a lot of um, non-meat food. I do eat a bit of meat and stuff, but. I've con- considerably reduced my meat intake. So one of the the rolls I've been buying, like sandwiches, is um, two hash browns, uh, Cajun sauce, lettuce, and sun-dried tomatoes in a, in a roll, Cuisine de France roll, right? So I've got this multiple times in my local centre. Uh, now, the price could range anywhere from 250 to €4. Euro. Um, so it depends on the person you get, and it depends on what they price it up as. So you kind of just accept it. You accept the fact that 250 is probably too cheap, and four euro is probably the highest end of the you know the spectrum, and it comes out as different things. It comes out as chicken one salad or a breakfast roll or whatever. The sticker can say anything on it for like depending on who serves you. But I went in there uh, the other morning and I got so my two hash browns, lettuce, sun dried tomato, and a Cajun sauce. The, the sauce is never included as an item, obviously. And it came back to me as a five item breakfast roll, and it cost me four euro fifty. And I was looking at it going what do I do here? This is my local centre. But they've absolutely fleeced me on this roll. Like, there's no way a, a two hash browns, lettuce and a sundry tomato should be €4.50 because it, it's never cost me that much. Uh, it's cost as little as 2 50 and as, as as much as €4. Euro. But 4 50 was kind of taking the piss. But, like, then there's the thing going off in my head going, you know, don't shit where you eat. I have to go to that shop every day or three or four times a week and you don't want to make a scene over uh, over over 50 cents so i'd like to ask you now at this point what would you have done in that situation um i probably would have left it and then resented them for the rest of my life i wouldn't have done anything <laughs> and they would have made my list of mortal enemies okay um well i kind of said ah, i can't i can't i can't not address this so i decided to try and address it civilly and um I was like, <laughs> for some reason, I didn't do that, and I just launched into it. <laughs> I was kind of, it's like I started going, excuse me, and then I went a five-item breakfast roll. 
<laughs> Cantankerous. <laughs> it just came out. And they were, they were looking at me going, sorry, is everything okay? It was like, you've just charged me for a five-item breakfast roll. I mean, there's not even five items on the roll. And your one was just like, okay, uh, what, what did you get? And I went, uh, uh, well, I got, uh, I got two hash browns, and I got lettuce, and I got uh, sun-dried tomatoes and Cajun sauce. And she was like, yes, well, see the hash browns, and then it would be 250, and then the two extra items are an extra euro each, so that's 450. And I was like, no, but that's, that's not what it's priced as. You have it priced as a five-item breakfast roll, and there's, just, there's not even five items on it. And then, like, there were three people in total working behind the counter. So the queue of people behind me came to a standstill. Uh, two of the people serving the counter were dealing with this issue, and the other girl who was putting food in the oven to cook it for the hot food counter stopped what she was doing to observe. And uh, everybody was focused on, on my five-item breakfast roll, and I was getting kind of a bit more uncomfortable, and I realized that I'd, I'd overreacted initially straight away. And then I was thinking, fucking hell, this isn't worth the 50 cent or whatever the fuck. And um, then she was kind of going through it, and then she started asking like well what would you charge for it to the other person the other person was like i don't know and then i was like well i've paid 250 in the past for this role and she's like well you were undercharged and i was like well that's fair enough i'm not saying that that's the correct price but it's it clearly it clearly can't be 450 so basically the shop came to a standstill for about three or four minutes while they decided to reprice my uh my five item breakfast roll and then they gave me a four item breakfast roll that cost me four euro and i was terribly embarrassed and i've <laughs> hardly been back to the shop since oh uh, no yeah and i think what uh, strikes me about that is the uh the price was wrong and then their reaction to it was wrong as well so yeah you were damn right to stand up to these these people these oppressors <laughs> what bothered me was the way she replied she was like well no so it's 250 for hash browns and then it's a euro for each extra item i was like that's that's not how you put the sticker on it she sidestepped she no, sidestepped the issue. <laughs> I should have said bullshit. You <laughs> yeah. should have walked out. <laughs> I should have said, threw the road up near that bullshit. <laughs> That's I the heard. best approach. But she sidestepped the issue about the number of items. She she yes. she misdirected the conversation towards the cost. Yeah, she she was deflecting, and I was like, no, yes. that's not that's not it. There's not five items on this roll, so your logic, while it may be sound, is not how this was priced. It was priced using a different pricing mechanism. It's not even a breakfast roll. It has lettuce in it and and bloody tomatoes. Anyway, uh, cantankerous old fuddy duddy um, observations aside, <laughs> uh, perhaps we should move on to the task at hand. Correct. Why don't we do that? And this week's task was the hop on, hop off bus tour in Dublin, living uh, through the eyes of a tourist. Yes. So it was like teaching English as a foreign language or something like that. But uh, experiencing Dublin as a a person from Ireland while being in the shoes of a tourist. I don't know why I decided to rephrase what you'd said much more inarticulately than you'd done. (laughs) Clumsily. (laughs) Yeah, so we're in tourist shoes, basically, and we're walking around in them. And And then we had to give them back because it was against the law and they were going to call the police. Yes, yes. Uh, Trying to rescue my joke from earlier, not working. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, So uh, the reason we did this, I think... Uh, was because it's something we'd never do. It would. This show is about open our, opening ourselves up to new ideas and new experiences, and you would never, or the average person wouldn't probably think to do a uh, hop on a hop off bus tour. Do you know what's quite difficult to say? Hop on, hop off. It's very <laughs> difficult to, to say. I, I've I've been having difficulty trying to explain this to people. Um, 
when they were asking inevitably today what I did at the weekend. Because uh, you, you don't pronounce some of the H's. You go hop on, up, off, hop. <laughs> There's a lot of things that can go wrong in there. <laughs> you try and correct yourself and you're like, hop on, hop off. Like, no, it's just not working out for me. So get on to that. You buy the tickets, you get onto the bus. And, uh, well, we maybe we should just lay out the route of, of what this bus tour, where it took us and stuff. Because that's what I was asked when people... Um, uh, to, when I was telling people about it, they grilled you immediately on the route. Yeah, what's the route? What's the route? It's like Jesus. I, do you have the route in front of you there, like I do? I have it in a booklet. Do you have the yeah, booklet? I have the booklet as well. Uh, so yeah, it starts off at O'Connell Street. It goes by the Dublin Writers Museum, the Dublin City Gallery, Henrietta Street, uh, <laughs> the, the, the GPO, GPO Witness History Abbey Theatre, which is where we got on. Uh, around there uh, James Connolly Memorial uh, the Famine Memorial Jeannie Johnston what the hell is yeah. that? can't remember that one I think I zoned out with that one uh, the epic Irish Emigration Museum uh, which was uh, piqued my interest uh, the Board Gosh Energy Theatre Marion Square uh, up around all those Georgian houses around there as well uh, National Gallery, National History Museum, Leinster House, St. Stephen's Green, Little Museum of Dublin, Ivy Gardens, Mansion House, Beauty's Cafe, Grafton Street. Get them all in there. <laughs> Jeez, they're surprisingly. Has has gone up, right? <laughs> National Library of Ireland, National Museum of Ireland, Trinity College, Irish Whiskey Museum, Temple Bar, Rock and Roll Museum, Experience, Dublin City Hall, the Chester Beatty Library, Dublin Castle, Christchurch Cathedral, Dublinia, the Vaults, St. Patrick's, <laughs> St. Patrick's Cathedral, Marsh's Library, Teeling Whiskey Distillery, which was interesting. <laughs> so I've never heard of that. Dublin Libertines Distillery, Pierce Lyons Distillery, Get a Storehouse, uh, Rowan Co. Distillery, another fucker distillery, um, Irish Museum of Modern Art, Kil- Kilmainham Jail, though when I see it written, I'm always confused. It's G A O L, Gale. Um, <laughs> War Memorial Gardens, uh, Phoenix Park National Museum of Ireland, Jameson Jemison Distillery, Bow Street, um, Saint Saint Michael's Church. Did we? Michael's or Meekins? And then finally, and we missed a good few of these at the end, I think as well. Yeah. Finally, the seems to be the final stop is the National Wax Museum. No, we we did go by that one actually. Yeah. Oh, we did. And then okay. back down to the country. Um, yeah, so. That's, uh, atrociously long uh, itinerary there it means at least we won't have to go through it as we uh, as we talk although we will naturally mention the stops I suppose yeah uh, the driver was quite interesting he was um, he had a lot of jokes a few inappropriate jokes and just some stories and uh, interesting little bantery bits so I was kind of taking notes as he was speaking the whole time and uh, I have a lot of the highlights down here so um, we can just start yeah we can just start going through it yeah let's go through your notes okay so um he pointed out uh, one of the first stops uh, as we were going by the Abbey Theatre down towards um, Bus Aurus and Connolly train station. He mentioned that um, uh, there were four classes on the train um, back in the early ninth, uh, early 20th century, um, which was shocking to me because uh, at most now in Ireland, you're going to get two classes on the train. You're going to get first class and regular class. Um, and I think real, really the difference between first class and the ordinary class is just a fancier seat. Uh, that's it. But the idea that there were four classes on a tra- uh, train 
was was like about a hundred years ago. It's kind of shocking to me. It just shows how much the class system was in place in Ireland uh, only a century ago. Yeah, he was talking about the DART, which stands for Dublin Area Rapid uh, Transport, and he also made a joke about uh, that. It's such a, it's it's one of those jokes we, we've all probably heard from an uncle or something. Uh, yeah, and it was as follows. <laughs> I wonder what they'd call it if it was in Frankfurt and it was the Frankfurt area rapid transit. Would they call it the fart? Yes. I don't know who that's. He didn't sound like that. (laughs) He wasn't our French teacher from secondary school. Funnily enough. But, uh, (laughs) um, so basically the, 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 the joke was substituting a D with an F uh, and, uh, inventing that, uh, it was of interest to talk about Frankfurt just, so he could say the word fart. Just so he could say the word fart, yeah. Um, and the humour uh, disimproved from there. No, uh, he made some funny jokes. But uh, but uh, one thing I picked up on very early on was that the driver hated Bono. Uh, hated Bono <laughs> and hated U2. And at any any time he could get in, kind of digs at U2 and digs at Bono, um, he did so. And he did so with gusto. Um, <laughs> And I thought that was an interesting approach because I think we were the only Irish people on the bus. And I'd say, in general, very few Irish people get a bus around Dublin, especially people from Dublin, get a bus around Dublin to go and see the sights. Because it's not just, it's just not something you do, it's something you do in a foreign country. Um, and uh, he just kept taking digs at Bono, all the usual ones, like they don't pay tax here and they're Bono's in our soul and blah, 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 blah. But I was thinking to myself, like, um, People who don't live in Dublin or aren't from Dublin don't really have that same level of hatred for Bono. And in fact, you two are one of our biggest exports, really. Um, and they're like the, one of the biggest success stories from Ireland. And they're one of the things about Ireland that lots of people from other countries love and one of the biggest bands in the world. And to go to the, the band's home country and to go on a tour and have the drivers just like taking digs at them for no apparent reason from the get-go and throughout the entire bus journey, it must have been kind of a bit a bit strange, maybe a bit off-putting for some of the people on the, I'd say, on the bus. Yeah, I'd say a bit, a bit galling, all right. Um, and also, they, they're quite uh, dated uh, criticisms of Bono. I remember people giving out about him, about not paying his taxes, and you two not paying their taxes in the 1990s. It's, it seems people are just desperate to, to hang on to these things. And I know, yeah. And a certain type of uh, bitter, middle-aged Dublin man uh, is the worst offender for these types of... Uh, this type of, just this type of lingering bitterness, I think. Yeah, uh, and well, which is also lingering was his anecdote about Bono, the one I'm sure most of our Dublin listeners have heard before at some stage. We, we probably shouldn't go through it because it's uh, it's quite long. Yeah, but, and we'll make a balls of it, but I'm going to go through it. I'll make a balls oh, of it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, there was a couple from England. They were over and they were in a restaurant in Dublin city centre and they were on their honeymoon and they were having a really nice meal um, in Fire Restaurant on Dawson Street. I, um, I'm freestyling here. And um, they uh, they wanted somebody to take a picture of them to commemorate their um, their evening and their their trip and their honeymoon. And then they saw from across the room, uh, completely like taken them by surprise that there was, it was definitely what they suspected was Bono was sitting across the room from them. Um, he had his token shades on, uh, his hair slicked back, and he was sitting with this elderly man. And uh, they... Uh, they were like, Jesus Christ, I wonder, I wonder, firstly, if we could get Bono to take our picture, and secondly, if we went over, maybe he'd give us an autograph. So they went over, and uh, they went over, introduced themselves to Bono and the old man, and they were like, look, uh, we're huge fans of you too, we're huge fans of you, Bono, and we wonder, could you give us an autograph? And we also would be wondering if you might be able to take a picture of us. So Bono was busy signing the autograph, so the owl lad beside him took the camera, 
and uh, he's like getting them into position so they got their autograph from Bono and your man uh, took a, a picture of them and they were delighted and they uh, they they sat back down and um, then when they were uh, when they were leaving uh, or sorry the, the, the two lads left then and then when they were leaving and they were about to pay for their bill uh, the waiter came over to them and said your bill has already been paid for uh, and they asked who paid the bill and they said was it Bono and they said no the gentleman with them paid for your bill Mr. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made a balls of that, didn't I? <laughs> well, it's impossible not to, to make a balls of that story. The joke, the punchline is basically, Bono was having dinner with Bruce Springsteen and Bruce Springsteen paid for the meal of fans. That's it. Yeah, and they, that, thought, they thought Bruce Springsteen was just some random outlet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a hard one because there isn't a lot of material. It's a lot of it is in the delivery of it. And yeah. I must admit, I uh, explained it to Liz last night and she had a similar reaction to, my, <laughs> to what I had to you or what you had to yourself. I don't know if the photo part was part of it at all. I think I embellished that completely. Um, so as the bus tour continued, um, we ended up going by the uh, zoo that's affectionately known in Dublin as the Dead Animal Zoo. So um, anyone who lives in Dublin will have been to this probably. So it's just basically... Um, uh, fossilized or like uh, recreations of fossilized animals uh, set up in situ and you can go in and look at them um well i, I haven't been there in fucking years what is in in there actually uh basically uh, skeletons of animals yeah skeletons of animals fossilized fossilized animal bodies <laughs> constructed skeletons of animals um and that uh, you can go and look at them uh, but like um basically the driver had this joke, he was like, uh, back when you were younger, if you were getting brought to the zoo, uh, some parents couldn't afford the, the price of an actual Dublin Zoo ticket. So if you were a poor family, you went to the dead animal zoo and you were told to keep quiet as the animals were asleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you can see that his, uh, his, his wisecracks were really uh, hit and miss. Yes, uh, there were more misses than hits at the start. Um, so then we, we went on uh, with the tour and we were going by some of the Georgian doors uh, and the lovely Georgian houses that are all scattered all around town uh, on the south side and uh, then we then we got back to Bono and I can't remember how we did but, uh, <laughs> of course we got back to Bono again the bus driver started talking about you 2 and he started talking about Bono again and uh, he mentioned that um, if you want to go and bump into Bono, you should go for a drink in his local pub, uh, Finnegan's in Dawkey. So Bono was known to be from Dawkey, which is on the south side of Dublin, a very nice area. Um, and a lot of kind of famous rich people have houses there. Enya is another person who has a house there. And Van Morrison. And Van Morrison um, and a few of the other lads um, from from that kind of uh, level of wealth. Um, so Bono has a house there and it's alleged that his, uh, his local is Finnegan's in Dawkey. So I've heard this a lot, and um, I've been in Finnegan's a lot, and friends of ours have lived in Dockey for years. Uh, one of our friends, Mark, lived there for about five years, and another friend, uh, Agnew, shout out to Agnew, Lagnew, Lamb and Friends. Yo, 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 Agnew. <laughs> um, he lived there for seven years, and uh, out of interest, I asked both of them uh, yesterday, had they ever seen Bono in Finnegan's? So Mark said no, he'd never seen Bono and Finnegan's, although he did see him in the Queen's. But the Queen's is a different pub, and it's at the other end of Dawkey. Um, and Agnew said he did see him in Finnegan's once, uh, on a Thursday evening, he thinks, on a 
Thursday randomly one time in seven years he saw him there once now Agnew would have been in Finnegan's many many times I've been in Finnegan's many many times Mark lived in Docky for five years between the three of us we've seen Bono in Finnegan's once and this bus driver is perpetuating this myth that you can see Bono in Finnegan's and it led me to question whether or not Bono was ever in Finnegan's uh, at all <laughs> but people just go around repeating this as if it's fact and it just becomes fact then because people are like oh that's Bono's local you'll see him in Finnegan's but you won't see Bono in Finnegan's is, is my assumption I don't it's, think you'll see Bono in Finnegan's at all it's it's more bullshit yeah bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a it's another old story from the 1990s he was over he was in Finnegan's every week sorting out his taxes yeah <laughs> uh, by this point, we were around uh, Dawson Street, and the driver mentioned the Dawson Lounge, uh, which famously is the smallest pub in Dublin. And it's not actually the smallest pub, I'm only joking. Um, no, it is the smallest pub in Dublin. Um, and he mentioned that if you... <laughs> this was actually pretty good. So it's a really small pub, just to set the scene. It's the, just the size of like a doorway. Um, that's the only part you can see from the outside. Then you walk down a very narrow stairs. And when you get down there, there's basically a bar, a tiny little, little standing area and two tables. And uh, the driver's joke for this one was, the Dawson Lounge is so small that you could go down into the bar for a pint and you can meet yourself on the way back out. Woohoo! Now that, that was a good one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're 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 going through the tour here. Uh. We're we're already back around at uh, Trinity College. The bus is going by Trinity College, and the driver then starts telling us about Trinity. Um. So um, I'm sure you've all heard of Trinity College, even if you're not from Ireland. It's one of the main landmarks and one of the main tourist attractions in Dublin. Um. <clears throat> And a lot of famous people have obviously studied there and gone on to be uh, authors and poets and various other things. But Trinity College, uh, he's mentioned, is a very, very progressive college. Um, so he was saying they let women in very early into Trinity. In fact, at half past five this morning, they were in there scrubbing the steps. <laughs> I was improvising. So as we moved along then on our bus tour, we went to, uh, or we went by the uh, War Memorial Gardens. So that was uh, um, built to commemorate the 50,000 Irish volunteers who died during the First World War. So there was no conscription in Ireland at the time, but 250,000 people volunteered for it nonetheless, and 50,000 of those died. So uh, the War Memorial Gardens was uh, a stop along the way as well. It's a, it's a place I didn't even know existed, and it's it's enormous and it's just like it just goes to show you that if you're traveling off the beaten track even in your home city there's so much there and you don't realize yeah and all the museums as well we haven't been to um i suppose at this stage of the tour uh and maybe a reason i'm not uh saying too much is because i i kind of zoned out after about uh 45 minutes of the tour it was a two and a half hour tour and yeah, it wasn't uh, actually it was actually less than two hours was it? Yeah, it was about an hour and 55 minutes. <laughs> I suppose I had about half an hour or 45 minutes of good attention in me. Um, and I just sort of, they were like, oh, there's the war. There's the Kamenum jail. And I was, uh, yeah, I just wasn't that, I wasn't really into it. And I was thinking about why that was. And I think when you go on those open bus tours when you were abroad, you're in, for me anyway, I'm in a holiday mode and I can just completely switch off and... I could just like focus on the tour and it's you just relax and you're seeing all these new uh, sites and you're it's usually like nice weather and stuff um but I found it hard to this was on a Sunday morning that we did this tour I found it hard to switch off 
um, from Sunday morning and just have that like just focusing on the tour because I knew I had a family get together later on in the day, um, which uh, <laughs> I wasn't particularly looking forward to. So it's hard to be like focusing on uh, the Irish Museum of Modern Art when you know you have to sit down with uh, uncles and aunties uh, over uh, brisket. But um, I guess uh, I wasn't really... Um, yeah, I wasn't listening. It's <laughs> <laughs> called a spade a spade. Stop fucking listening at all. I stopped listening. <laughs> stopped but listening I, very early on into it. Yeah, I was re-energized when he went through uh, the Phoenix Park. Yeah, Phoenix Park was nice, actually. I remember that. Yeah! There was a very funny part along the way when uh, we were up around Kilmainham um, and the bus had stopped in traffic and as we approached... Uh, the traffic lights or the queue of traffic where we had stopped there was a number of Dublin corporation workers uh, standing around as, as you'd often see around Dublin city centre and the driver completely um, sp- spontaneously you know freestyling it's like and if you look to the right of the bus here you'll see uh, seven very hard-working members of Dublin corporation and if you, if you observe closely you'll see that uh, one of them is standing in a hole and the other six workers are, are looking into the hole that he's standing in. I was improvising. Yes, and as we, as we were wrapping up the tour then, um, we went by the Haypenny Bridge. Um, and again, the Haypenny Bridge is just a landmark in Dublin. You don't really think about it when you live here. And I suppose if you were to actually examine what it is, a Haypenny is a half a penny for those people who don't live in Ireland or don't come from Ireland. Um, and you just kind of, you don't think about the name of it. But the reason why it's called the Haypenny Bridge, of course, is from... From 1816 to 1916, you used to have to spend a half a penny to cross the bridge. Um, so there was a toll on the bridge for pedestrians. Um, and a half a penny back in 1816 would have been, been a decent bit of money. So it was the only bridge across the Liffey. And if you wanted to cross, you had to pay a halfpenny to cross it. So that's where the name came from. Yep. Nice little uh, historical fact there about an iconic uh, bridge. Yes, and uh, that's really all... We have. We made our way back to O'Connell Street. We didn't realise that there was a couple of stops in Parnell Street that we missed uh, because we got on at stop five. But however, we'd had about a two, almost two hours worth of a bus journey, and it was uh, there was quite quite interesting facts along the way, some entertaining stories, and it was a lovely day as well. And uh, it was just a very pleasant thing to do in your own city, and I, I definitely recommend it to anybody to do in their own city. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I zoned out for a lot of it, but I still enjoyed being there with you, enjoying uh, the sights. And I zoned back in when I zoned out. And it was good to be able to like just get a good sense of, of Dublin, all the different places that I haven't seen. Like the Little Museum of, of Dublin is something I want to go and see, for example. Um, I haven't been to Dublinia, Christchurch. Um, so it's given me kind of ideas to, to go, but I probably won't. <laughs> Yeah, well, I haven't been to half of them either. And the worst part is I used to live beside a lot of them as well. And I still haven't been to them. So, uh, But yeah, I took mental notes definitely of things that I'd like to do and that I haven't done. Um, and I'll tell you what I'll do with those mental notes. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Okay, so just before we go, we will discuss briefly what our topic is for next week. So at the end of the year, for those of you who are Spotify subscribers, uh, it's traditional at the end of the year around December for them to send you a playlist of your top 100 played songs. So... Uh, I came up with the idea of maybe I should listen to Toomey's top songs and he should listen to my top songs. Now, obviously, a hundred songs is far too many to listen to and get familiar with. So we settled on each other's top 10 played songs for 2019. So we have 
very different tastes in music. In fact, I think they couldn't be any more different if we tried. So Toomey is going to be listening to a lot of stuff he would never listen to and probably has never listened to before in his life. And I will be listening to things that I would never listen to and I don't recognize or would never even be drawn towards. So that's the topic for next yes. week. And it brings us back to the start of the, the podcast, the reasoning for doing this podcast, uh, that we had very little in common, even despite being uh, really good friends since the age of about four or five. Um, and one of the things we didn't have in common was music. Um, but I suppose this this task is about uh, taking some time to get in tune with the your friend's music and trying to be open to it and see how we got on. Exactly it. Right. Okay, so that that's going to wrap it up for episode nine. Is it episode nine? I think it is. Episode, episode nine. nine. Of Open Us. Uh, I've been Professor T. He's been Dr. Toomey. Any final words? Toomey? Stay, stay open. If you'd like to contact us on social media ahead of next week's task, search for us on Twitter. It's at Open Us Podcast. On Facebook, it's also Open Us Podcast. On Instagram, it's Open Us Podcast. And via email, it's Open Us Podcast at gmail.com. Episode nine. Episode nine.